0: Welcome to House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax results. Now, Butch Zielinski. Welcome to the show. With me in the studio, as always, is the producer here
1: at Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Butch. How's it going? It's going really well, Marshall. Thank you.
2: (laughs) The world's a little upside down right now. Kind of, kind of is, yeah. (laughs) How is real estate going, though?
1: I've had a tremendous few months. It's, it's very interesting because, you know, there's so much um, angst. Thank you, (laughs) angst, unrest, you name it. Right. But then on my real estate side, it's been just fantastic. I've had a really wonderful few months, and it just continues. So there's this dichotomy
2: Mm -hmm. of sorts. It seems, I I hear it a lot, as everyone expects the real estate world to be falling to pieces. Every realtor I talk to in the Twin Cities is feeling pretty good about it, and things are going pretty well. So people are still out buying and still out selling, and and certainly the statistics hold true that the number of uh, showings are you know, what they were last year, if not better. That's right. And, which is always kind of the first bellwether, right? right? You know, showings go up and then souls go up and then closings go up. Yeah. And I have not seen any drop in prices. This is not necessarily no. a weird market to go out and say, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to take advantage of uh, the real estate market right now. I have not seen any drop at all
1: no I, my observation like in the mid range i've i've you know my sales have been everything between you know 300 and 600, 650, the bulk of my sales that's been incredible. what i have observed from a a distance is properties you know in edina and lakes area you know where there's a significant supply of properties about between $1 and $3 million, mm. I have seen consistent you know, price reduction, price reduction, price reduction. I don't I, – I, sure. again, I'm not an authority in right. that range. But it seems to me there might be some softness in that $1 to $3 million range. Sure,
2: good, because now my $3 million home is like <laughs> two and a half. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah. now I can afford it. Yeah, poor you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like a market condition that could come and go no matter what. Yes. Uh, what I mean is, you know, there might not be a direct line between twenty twenty and those that softness. That might just yeah, yeah. be general market variations. No, I
1: think so. Uh, it's supply and demand, and there's a, if there's a significant supply and there's still demand, but a mm-hmm. significant supply, then of course you're going to have um, right. a softness. That's right. all.
2: So, do you notice any? Differences in how you have to show properties now with uh, social distancing and so on—do you have to follow different protocols?
1: Well, you know, you 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 do. I've been fortunate in my listings have been vacant, and then a number of showings that I've done—you know—we follow a protocol, but sure. a number of those have been vacant. Okay, so but there is a protocol to follow. Sure, a- a- absolutely.
2: The most important part of real estate, I guess any business, is having a steady stream of clients. Yes. To me, it does not matter whether the, the restaurant that I like to go to, does it matter to me whether they have returning clients and a steady stream of clients? Oftentimes it does because if they don't, obviously the restaurant won't be there long, but also it allows them to um, have more offerings and to cater to my specific desires of what I'm interested in and so on uh, because they have more... Uh, income and more uh, uh, people asking for different things. How does that play a role in real estate? Does returning business, is that a big deal in real estate?
1: So when you are, when we were talking, I thought of a term which I learned early on in the businesses in creating raving fans, right? right. Whether it be a restaurant or it, it be a realtor or an auto mechanic or whatever, like, right, when you create a raving fan by providing exceptional service, then you'll stay busy and and the people who believe in you will refer you. And so that's really been my mantra. Also, you know, I think of Joe Stump and things, and you know, mm-hmm. don't be a secret agent and just all sorts of, you know, things that that come to mind that are really important. And and so for me, um, you know, I I, I think of the transactions which have occurred for me um well consistently over now almost 38 years but now as i'm approaching my 40th year it's really so much fun because the depth of the relationships that i have you know i'm serving the third and fourth generation in these hmm. families and it's really really fun that we're all interconnected and so um i'm having the time of my life, actually. <laughs> you
2: yeah. know, the buzzword out in the business world is brand, right? Building a brand, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what that is, isn't it? Is is just people knowing you and knowing what you have to offer, and knowing what the experience of working with you is experience. like. Yeah, 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 and and. That's what they expect, and that's kind of what building a brand is all about, isn't it?
1: Well, it is, I think, brand slash experience, mm-hmm. right? The experience in a restaurant, your experience with your auto mechanic, your experience with your realtor, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is if if the service provider makes the person being served feel terrific about mm-hmm. the experience, bingo, right? Right. Everybody wins. And so that's always my goal To be honest and upfront about what I can do for a client, what I can't do, services that I offer, um, honesty, preparing and pricing and presenting to the market, just being really authentic there and and then achieving results. I mean, ultimately, it's all a bunch of blah, 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 unless and until you can provide results. And that is getting the most amount of money and a successful closing or finding the right house. And having people thrilled with that
2: process. Mm -hmm. Do you have specific stories of uh, situations like this that you've had? Well, I have. I have. (laughs) Um, You know, one comes to mind.
1: And my client lived in this property for literally 45 years. Wow. Raised four kids. And then called me and said, help I need help. So I walked in and ultimately what, what I did is I brought in my team. She left the property. We re- did a, a minor renovation and I sold it for top dollar to actually my cousin who at that point called me and was looking for a house. So I sold it to my cousin and my seller is thrilled. My cousin is thrilled and it's – it like just they're both so happy with the results Hmm. And additionally, you know, another property that is sold over by uh, Lake Harriet, Lake Calhoun, 20-year clients, 25-year clients have done maybe nine or 10 transactions with these people and have become good friends. And when they call, boom, like Butch, we're, you know, they call last fall. We're ready in the spring. They call me this spring. I did a walkthrough. through. zip. Zip. Just a really, it's just fun to be trusted and called upon, and they know what they're getting with me.
2: Mm-hmm. And I know
1: what, what I'm getting with
2: them, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a relationship. I know what
1: they need from me, and they know what I can offer them.
2: When people come back after a long period of time, they are in so many different phases of life. Mm-hmm. You might be working with them as a yeah. first-time home buyer and yeah. then suddenly, you know, much later, you're working with them as they possibly move into... uh Retirement home or or something like that. What is the toughest part about working with returning clients that have lived in a house for so so long? What is the toughest part of kind of getting them to the emotional point of being ready to lift their home?
1: Well, that's a really that's a really good question because everyone's different, right? Some people are ready to go. They're like, "Tell me what to do. I'm good. I've moved on emotionally." and then that's fine. I'll tell you I had a very emotional experience this past Monday. Hmm. I got a referral from one of my one of my sellers at West 37th, a good friend of hers, and I went over and met with her. And during the course of the conversation, I mean this property has been in her family for 50 years. She inherited from from her father in 2012. She moved back into the state to move into the property. And now she's selling it. You know, she wants to sell everything, keep mm-hmm. just a few things in storage somewhere and move on. And as we were discussing, I'm going to bring uh, a, a very trusted friend of mine of 40 years to come in who conducts moving and estate sales. And she's meeting with her on Friday. But it, it became a very emotional, actually, um, as she was telling me about her sister and her mother and her father and and she began, uh, she broke down, and it was very obvious to me, and she said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm like,
0: mm-hmm. she
1: had me, teary <laughs> out, right? <laughs> right. Uh, because there's all these subliminal feelings going on that you really are not aware of until you talk about them, and that's what happened on Monday. It's really a sensitive time for a lot of people, whether it's selling the family home, whether it's a divorce or a death or a moving into senior housing, which I have going on as well, you know, I think it's really important just to show up um, for those people where they are and um, just sit down and and talk to them. We I, I went through the I always go through the property and then we sit down and we talk. We just start talking, mm-hmm. right? And then people, sh- um, if they feel comfortable, they'll tell their story and. It's a myriad, whether it's a first time home buyer or a seller or whatever it in the story is really important to listen to and respond to, so you
2: yes. know that that saying in real estate that buyers are liars, right mm-hmm. um, you know yeah, I, wow. and you know that could be true for sellers too. I think that yeah. what happens in those situations is not that they're truly liars,, no. but the head and the heart are totally different things, right?
1: Absolutely. In fact, you know what? Literally on Monday, we talked about the head and the heart. Right. It came up. The head and the heart came up, right? right? And so you are absolutely right because you know, people their heads say, well, you know, I want this and I want right. this and I want this. But guess what ultimately takes
2: over? <laughs> right. The heart, of course. Right. The decision maker is the heart, not the yes, head, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. And yeah. and so someone says, oh, no, I am ready to move on. I am completely done with this. And then, boy, oh, boy, the moment that purchase agreement comes in and you are signing away the house that your yeah. kids grew up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they can never come back to again. yeah. yeah. And yeah. that you're moving into some place that you don't know and will right. the kids come back to that and <laughs> you right. know, like and all those emotions start flooding in. That's right. And with buyers the the classic one is, Oh, I wanna fix her upper. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I okay. want to fix her up because in their head, yes, this makes so sen- much sense. And then I can do this, and I can go to Menards and fix this, and and then the moment that they walk into that kitchen with that green countertop and the orange shag carpeting, yeah. they're like, "Well, no, I can't have that because that's not updated." It's, that's that's exactly this, right. This, that's what a fixer upper is.
1: <laughs> that's right. Welcome to what you requested. Right. Okay. Exactly. This isn't working. Okay. Yeah.
2: But the head says one thing when they it all makes sense when they're. You know, empirically looking at it, and the heart walks into that room and says, I can't connect with it. I don't connect with this. Yeah. It, no,
1: absolutely. One example that I'll give is I just sold a property to a young couple, first-time homebuyers, right? And I have worked with this family, his parents, his aunt and uncle, his grandmother, the family over the past, literally since I was licensed 38 years ago. And... He called and he said, "We're ready to go." So pre-approved, I called the lender, interviewed the lender. He said, um, "I don't want to go over 300. I'd, I'd like to be in a 260 to 280 range." I said, "Well, okay, I'll send some properties to you, um, but it's unrealistic, but I'll send them to you. Okay, that your price range. We're going to need to be in the 3 to 350 range for you to get what you want, based on what you have ex- you know explained to me. Okay. All right. So long story short, um, we looked at seven properties. It was seven or eight actually a few weeks ago, uh, not even a month ago. And, and they added, of course, buyers are, uh, always want to add their own in the 250 range just for fun. Right. Which I walked in and said, um, I'll wait at the door. Right. And then you can – I'll meet you in the car. Right. right. Uh, anyway. So ultimately what we walked into a property which I had – literally had come on the day before. I emailed to them this single listing and in the subject, bingo, exclamation, exclamation. We walked in this property, and it was bingo. Instant. I mean, they went cra- – we all went crazy. Right. And this property happened, happens to be a very, very deep lot, and and it uh, the lot ends up in Bassett Creek. Hmm. And it's really a special property. So we, we wrapped everything up. We avoided multiple offers. I got closing costs oh. for them for the whole thing. And then the buyer called, and he is – He is a uh, consultant, Uh and he crunches numbers all day, and he's analytical.
2: Sure.
1: So we we had a a couple of you know um, come to Jesus conversations, uh, but now he called me actually texted me a couple days ago. He said we are thrilled, (laughs) we can't wait. Right. So there's a um some of that going on um with um like you said. Buyers are liars, um, but they're not. <laughs> right. um, they just need um, sometimes some counsel and some handholding, and. um uh, and
2: that buyer's remorse that that Ooh. starts attacking the brain, right? That starts like, oh, that's where you question. That's three o'clock in the morning, going. That's what am right. I doing? What have I done? That's I right. wasn't following my original goals that's here. Right. That's I'm right. Being sold a bill of goods. <laughs> yes. You know, and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And, I think it's important not only as buyers and sellers but also as real estate agents to know that that is completely normal. You'd yeah. be kind of unusual not to have buyer's yeah. remorse. Yeah. It is part of the process. Yeah.
1: It is and I'm really I'm I'm really I cover my tracks mm-hmm. in that regard and respectful, you know, right. I, I'm very respectful to the buyer because when we when we looked at this house and I, and I called the agent, and she said, we've got a number of people interested, but no one has written yet. And I and I and so we sat down. It was a vacant property. We sat down, and they said, we want this. We want to buy it. And I said, okay. So wrote the offer, and I said, are you sure? Do you want to sleep on this and get back to me tomorrow? Right. I don't want to rush you. No, we want to do it now. And so the, we did it, and then there was a negotiation. There was a counter. Is this acceptable to you? Yes. Okay. So, I covered all my bases. It's critical that you give buyers an out. Right. It's really important that you never force them into anything. It that it's their choice, not yours. And I reminded when he called me to, you know, he was kind of losing it. I said, "Do you remember these steps that I took with you?" "Yes, I do." I said, "Okay. Well, you've purchased this house." And so you need what you need to do is pick up a different lens, mm-hmm. okay, pick not the lens of doubt and not the lens of concern, right. but the lens of excitement please right. that's a request
2: and it's not so much uh oh i'm I'm keeping track of all that so that I'm not blamed yes. for the problem. It's more reminding people of the mindset and the thinking that they were in at the moment that's right because that's right. of course our mindset and our thinking changes yes. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, uh, how many times have you seen a, a home show better when it was rain? Uh, you know, sunny outside yes. rather than when it was raining. Right. Well, it's just a change in the weather. It doesn't change the facts of the yes. house. That's right.
1: But, well, you know, well, that's the- right. And you go from excitement to fear. Like right. you're excited. You're excited, and then you get home, and you're like. What have I done? Yeah,
2: because you're a human being. I mean, that, exactly. don't we all do that? No, yeah. that's right. That's right. So I'm. You I'm, made a major lifelong commitment. Yes. Uh, if you weren't having a few second thoughts, it's like the second you uh, uh, leave the hospital with that baby, <laughs> your first child <laughs> especially, and you go, oh, "What am I doing? Yeah. I have no idea how that's to right. raise this that's child." That's right. I have no
1: idea. Yeah. In this instance. Um, Adding just to to the story, the seller, it's an heir. So uh, the mom, uh, mother and father had passed. Mm -hmm. So this is an estate. And so the four kids are clearing the estate and selling the house. And the agent and the buyer uh, and the sellers um, did a pre-inspection and did Ah. a really, really excellent pre-inspection. And they they spent thousands of dollars remedying a lot of things. I said to them... They've done this inspection. They've spent these thousands of dollars, and there there are just a couple things that I might recommend. One is there was a um, hundred amp, uh, two, no, excuse me, a two hundred amp electrical coming into the property that was still fuses that they oh. chose not to you know do into uh, convert into circuit breaker. So that's one item that um, I also asked them to do: pay closing costs plus at, do a new panel to the tune of a, two or three thousand right. dollars. So. I really covered all my bases in that regard. And so they ended up not doing an inspection because I went literally line by line through this with them so they fully understood, but they didn't actually go through the inspection process. So I think that also added to his angst. Sure.
2: yeah. I know you mentioned that you you were able to avoid a multiple offer in that situation, but I know that a lot of multiple offers from what I've heard – are coming through, and people are skipping the inspection. Yeah, what do you think when that happens? Yeah, you know, is I, that I, a tool for negotiation? Yeah, you know, here's here's the thing. I've been doing this so
1: long that, and again, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not for one moment indicating that buyers shouldn't inspect. Not for a moment. I think they should. Having said that, another property that sold a full house renovation by a fantastic renovator. They did an exceptional job. We didn't inspect because everything was brand new from the roof to the plumbing to the electrical. Literally, everything was brand new. And so um, I called and spoke to the agent who was also the renovator, and we skipped it. There were four offers, and we got the property, Okay. I had to do an escalation clause, blah, blah, blah. Never mind, this is my nephew and his right. wife. So I better get this house for them. Or, oh boy, <laughs> right. oh boy. So every, you know what, every situation is so different. Um, and so I I look at every situation and and uh, then I, I'll recommend you know, a course of action based on if there are multiples, if there aren't multiples, if it's been pre-inspected, um, a, a number of things I might actually... In in lieu of an inspection, ask the seller to, to put the onus on the seller. Mm-hmm. Then basically have the furnace tested in or repair, repaired, replaced. Sure, have a roof you know a, a roof to, to, to you know make sure that the roof is okay. Um, you know, so all oftentimes the big ticket items, big ticket items, right. and put the onus on the seller, and then you know in lieu of an in,
2: uh, inspection. So right, yeah, yeah. You mentioned something else that's kind of. Uh, tricky there uh, for a lot of people, escalation clauses. I know. And for those of you that don't know, that's when you put into the offer and you say, hey, whatever somebody else offers, I'll put in $1,000 more, that's I'll right. do $5,000 more. Uh, there's limits on it and all that. How do you feel about doing those and negotiating against those? You know, I, I have mixed feelings about these. because
1: here Here's what happens, right? So if there are multiple, let's say, th- which in this case, there were four offers, right? You literally, it's a shot in the dark. You have to pick a number. So if the the list price is 300, is it 305? Is it 310? Is it 315? Is it like. And and so in this instance, I, with no inspection, and I think we were a couple thousand over or whatever it was, a thousand or two, I don't recall. And so I called the seller to let him know that that's what we're doing. Oftentimes an agent or uh, an agent owner will say, no escalate. No, mm. I won't do that. Okay. So don't do that. So I gave him a heads up. Right. And so if there was a negative reaction from him, I would have pulled it out. Sure. But there wasn't. And then he also called and said, Is there a max mm-hmm. that they'll pay? And I said, No, there's no max. Wow. Well, you know, I mean it it has because to be at three yeah. at three hundred thousand I'm gonna be four hundred <laughs> thousand. Right. And it ended up to be three
2: twelve five.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Fair That's enough. Very, very reasonable. Very yeah. reasonable. And everyone,
1: they're happy and I'm happy. And, and the
2: buyer is can rest assured that they didn't overpay. Right. They paid enough over the other offers to get it. Yeah. But they didn't, you know, because uh, nothing makes a buyer feel worse than they paid 20000 more yeah. than the, the next highest offer. Well, not only then that. they feel scammed. Marshall, if, if they're putting a mortgage on it. It has to appraise. Yeah, they're not going to appraise. It has
1: to appraise. You have to be very careful. A downside... To escalation clause is another agent does an
2: escalation clause. Yeah, right. Her, right? Who's escalating more? Right? Yeah, and so <laughs> then then it
1: then it really becomes is it a thousand over or is it fifteen hundred right. over or two thousand? So it becomes a little squirrely, um, and potentially.
2: That, at, at that point, though, it's up to the seller to just come back That's and right. counter with a price. That's right. right? Like That's and right. just say, hey, yeah, we had a couple different escalation clauses. I think yeah. we've you know yeah. kept in mind what everyone wanted. Right. We'd like to counter your offer. Yes. Three twelve five is our counter offer. Right. Do you accept it? Do That's you right. not? You know, Thank and God. then you don't have to go into That's detail right. of what everybody offered and That's what right. everyone's yeah. escalation clauses yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> but that gets kind of messy. Well, it does. It gets you, you know, got twenty offers, and they all have escalation. plus yeah. I
1: mean, you need to think about it. You know <laughs> what you're doing, and it's really it's not easy for buyers and agents and sellers and to figure all this out. You know, I'm a, a member of this um, uh, mastermind, Remax yeah. mastermind group. And, you know, the scenarios that are presented there, right, become a little complex with, um, right. you know, it's it's a listing that's, being, that's been withheld. It's a temporary not available, blah, blah, blah. All these rules now. Right. All these rules and yikes. Right. Just to, you know, to summarize, I think that the market remains strong and fun. 95% of my business is repeat and referral. And I'm just so... You know, I'm honored to help people who I have worked with or those who, you know, refer me. And um, I, I just am I'm very grateful.
2: That's yeah. an amazing statistic, 95%. Uh,
1: absolutely. Wow. Yep. Of all the transactions I've done, I've, I've listed six here. And I, I, I've, done, I've done five to 15 transactions with these, these with people. With that
2: group of people. With group of people, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So fun. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing their stories. Hey, thanks so much, Marsh.
0: This has been House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage REMAX results. You can find him online at butchzelinsky.com And Zelinski is spelled Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-Y. If you'd like to share a comment or question on an upcoming podcast, call 612-352-9177. Again, that's 612-352-9177. Make sure to tell us to which show you are calling to contribute, and please know that we may include your voice recording in future episodes of this podcast. House Maxing is produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul Studios, and they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Remax Results or Minnesota Podcasting.